Entrepreneurs Will Save the World. We chat with successful entrepreneurs who share their journey and the lessons learned along the way. The Ad Valued Entrepreneurs podcast is edutaining, leaving you with actionable advice to transform your life and create a thriving business that aligns with your values and goals. Our conversations are for entrepreneurs who want more freedom and fulfillment from their work so they can live the life they desire. We focus on the mindset shifts entrepreneurs make to increase their influence and impact in the world. It's time for you to add value. This episode is brought to you by the Add Valued Entrepreneurs Podcast. We would love for you to like, share, and leave a review of our show. Subscribe on YouTube. Most importantly, help us spread the word about the great stories being shared on our show. Just wanted to mention this episode was recorded earlier. And as our audience grows, we just wanted to share some of the value from our earlier episodes. I'm excited for my guest today, Bob Stanley. Bob is in the kids' sneaker business now, but it was never in his plans. He had a secure 30-year career in the printing industry and was just five years from retirement. That all changed when he had a dream from God. And in that dream, he was told to invent a unique kid sneaker, call them Bobby Toads, and what charity to work with. Fast forward in life, and Bob now co-owns Bobby Toads with his daughter, Jackie. They are now able to help children around the world and are literally living their dream together. Bob, thank you so much for joining us today. And I'm just so looking forward to, to learning about your story and, and your family business. And uh, I'm just excited to share this. Uh, Robert, thank you for having me on and let me share it. Absolutely. I'm excited to um, be on and have your followers take a look at what we do and how we got to where we're at. That's fantastic. So uh, you mentioned uh, you know being an entrepreneur pretty early on. So why don't you share how you got started as an entrepreneur? All right. So 20 years old, I decided it was a good thing to quit college. Really made a lot of sense at the time. So I quit college to start a printing business with my brother, my older brother. And my motivation behind it was, motivation to succeed was one of my professors telling me I was going to be a loser if I quit school. So I'm like, oh my God, I got, I got to prove this guy wrong, right? So first five years, I think the guy had the edge on me. <laughs> first five years were brutal. I mean, I'm sharing a car with my brother. I'm sharing an apartment with my brother, a few nights without food. Those were tough years, but... Uh, after that, we caught a really good break from a guy that I think was just testing us. And after that, it was one good break after another good break. And it, I think the key was just uh, longevity, staying with it and working hard until we were able to make it work. And it did. And then so this was going along just fine. Great career in printing. Printing business was a good business. And then we were about five years away from retiring. And we always thought long-term. So me and the older brother were five years away from retiring. And I also had a partner who was a brother and another one who was my nephew. And I'm in San Francisco on vacation with my family. And I had this dream one night. And in the dream, it's God telling me to invent these girl sneakers with molded toenails in the cap that little girls could polish up what to call them, Bobby Toads, and what charity to help with profits from the business itself, which was Mission of Our Lady of Angels in Humboldt Park area of Chicago. 
So I, I wake up and I'm like sketching this stuff down. I was like, all right, the name, got to get a patent, got to do all these things. I get back to work after vacation at the print shop and I'm walking around and I would always go around looking at new customers that came in while I was gone. And lo and behold, one of the new customers that came in was this charity from the dream that I'm supposed to help. <laughs> and at that point, I'm just like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I'm like, do I really want to go into making kids sneakers? I mean, I know nothing about it. I know nothing about fashion. Believe me. Here, look, plain blue shirt, right? What, what do I know about fashion? So long story short on that, I tell my brothers, all right, this happened, this happened, this happened. Instead of retiring in five years, I'm going to step down and start a sneaker business. And it ended up being where it would coincide with my daughter graduating from college and my daughter became my business partner. That actually is the true blessing behind it. I've never been closer to her. I get to talk to her every day and I get to do something that engages me and we're able to help a lot of people in the process. Yeah, that's fantastic. <clears throat> yeah, pretty crazy. I mean, actually following a, a real dream. I love that. Like I'm my, uh, my hidden title is dream recovery specialist. So <laughs> I love to see people that get a dream and then instead of letting that voice in your head, kill it, that they actually take action on it. Um, Cause the voice yeah. in our head typically says, Whoa, you can't do that. You don't know anything about sneakers. What do you know about little girls? Right? Like <laughs> what, what are you going to get? You know, how are you going to do that? Right. And well, and, Robert, and they give up on it. in this head. <laughs> Believe me, at the beginning, I'm like, I know nothing about like getting patents. I know nothing about producing these. I've got to find like a sourcing agent, um, copyrights, trademarks, foreign shipping. I mean, knew nothing about this. So I'm like, man, do I really want to learn more at this stage? And the answer ended up being yes. <laughs> no, I, I'm totally engaged with it now. Learning is now cool. Learning is now fun. I'm not saying every day is fun because believe me, when we're running behind on something, it's it's not fun. Or if they're shipping, it's being delayed out of like Long Beach as, as I'm paying to have the ship just cruise around. Um, that's not fun. But, you know, you take it all in stride and um, even the problems aren't the end of the world. Nice. So I want to jump back to quitting college to, to start this print shop with your brother. Um, how did mom and dad take it? Um, of course, they wanted me to finish, but they didn't object. Oh, nice. Good. Yeah, they didn't object. And, you know, year six when we started taking off, and I mean, we were increasing sales pretty good. And I mean, I think we only had one or two down years in 35. Um, then all of a sudden it started looking like a good idea. Nice. Yeah, because we were able to take care of mom and dad pretty well. You know, it's it was kind of a neat feeling being the kids that were taking care of mom and dad. Yeah, a 35-year overnight success. Pretty much. I'm working right now. This has already been, we're on a 10-year overnight success. So, <laughs> you know, it's just, it's just a matter of, I think the key is perseverance, passion. You need a lot of energy. And you have to have the funds to stay in business. Cause I, I could see that strangling a lot of them. You know, you could be right on the cusp 
and then you just run out of money. Oh, absolutely. <clears throat> so, so what's been the biggest challenge of working together with your daughter and how did you push through it? I think the biggest challenges were so much alike. So at the beginning, a lot of butting heads, you know, I was used to getting up at four o'clock in the morning. Jackie was used to staying up late and you know, I'm just like, well, we've, we've got to be on everybody's time. And she's like, yeah, but I can be on California time. <laughs> I'm like, this isn't going to work, you know? So we have those moments where we're ready to just strangle each other. And then after the strangle, we're hugging each other. So I work out of Chicago. Jackie works out of LA. So maybe that helps us too. But the cool thing that takes away any of the challenges is ultimate trust and respect. Hmm. Uh, I know she would not hurt me and she knows I wouldn't hurt her. So there's always that. And I think that's, that's our biggest key. The challenge was actually getting the two personalities to work together. Absolutely. And, and how did you figure out those roles? Well, I tell you what, in small business, we probably each wear 10 hats. Of course. All right. So like I mentioned, blue shirt, Bob here was not one in, in fashion. So Jackie actually loves fashion. So that worked out great. Jackie was a marketing major in college. That worked out great. I knew the finance from being in previous business, which, which is so important actually. Um, and the rest, we both had to learn, you know? So like, these are just a couple hats of the 10. The other eight hats, we're just researching on the internet and figuring out how to do things. And the internet makes it so much easier to find things now. You know, if uh, like international shipping, I had to learn all about it. So there was a program in Chicago. I went and sat through a couple seminars. I figured this will get me started. Sitting through those in-person seminars. And back then, Robert, we could actually go in in-person, right. you know, unlike right now. But sitting through those seminars, I made some contacts during the breaks. Um, and then that helped me figure out the shipping. And I, I just was emailing one of the ladies from there today um, about foreign shipping. So a lot of the contacts were made through just reaching out to people that I met in these in-person seminars and learning a lot um, as we go off the Internet. So let's talk about those connections and the value of connection in, in building your business. Uh, they're huge. And I think that now that you mention it, thinking about it, it was probably a big challenge in this business because I'm coming off the printing business and, and there's 35 years of knowing people. And there's 35 years of knowing people in, in my industry and in my neighborhood, you know? So if I had an issue with something, I knew who to call. I knew who had the knowledge of it. Now, I have to make all new connections in a different industry. You know, the banker stays the same. The accountant stays the same. Legal stays the same. But now anything to do with materials and sourcing and international shipping, these are all new contacts that had to be made. So what I did with uh, the product itself, our sneakers, was I went and researched online who were small sneaker companies. Obviously, I knew somebody like a Nike or Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> Their sourcing is not going to be the same as my sourcing, you know, getting five, 10,000 pair at a time. So I went and researched online who was already in business in a size that we could relate to. 
I reached out to them, met with them online, and then picked their brains about their sourcing. And I was actually able to pick up a sourcing agent through them that I used. Wow, what great connections. To it's, it's just a matter of making new ones, you know, and I'm willing to help anybody too because I know how hard it is to get started. Absolutely. You don't forget, and I tell you what, tough times are a great way to keep you humble. <laughs> They're really a great way to keep you humble because I don't care how much you get, you never forget where you came from. Well, hopefully you don't. Right, absolutely. So you had to do that work to build build connections on the production side, right? To figure out just even how to how to produce this this product. What about connections on the marketing and sales side? All right. So for the marketing, that's actually been one of the bigger issues because so many companies now claim they can market, but they can't. Right. So it's hard weeding through and seeing who can actually do what they say they can do. And I, I think now it's probably even harder because in, in the COVID age, people are deciding they want to do it on their own. <laughs> and maybe they were good working with 50 other people in an office, but now on their own, they don't have the resources to do what they need to do to be like a one-stop shop for a small place like us. So it's hard weeding through that. Um, we constantly try new things. I think that's a big key. And with marketing, it's it's trial and error for us. You know, we try one ad, we see if it works. We try 10, we see which works best and just constantly try to refine. And as far as the sales, that was a big decision going forward too because we had to figure out, do we want to try to get inside a, a retailers or do we want to try selling it online? So we sell basically online and a few small retailers. We actually sell into Peru too. Wow. Yeah, we've got a distributor in Peru. And then right now we actually busted into, we wanted to get into um, sports teams this year with licensing. And I can actually say who, who we have right now. Wow. Um, yeah, it was really cool because this this was one of our goals for the year, even though we don't have goals. <laughs> this is something we wanted to try to accomplish. So we reached out, started reaching out to sports teams, and we were blessed to pick up Ohio State University. Oh, wow. And I'm like, I watched so much college football, so much college basketball. And I'm like, man, this this is the granddaddy. I mean, when you watch their games, their stadiums are packed. So we were able to get the license to do children's sneakers up to size 12, because after that we compete with, I won't mention the name, but it's, it's the big name. Much, much bigger. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. Billions and billions bigger. Yeah. Um, so we got the license to produce, Ohio State kids sneakers and our little mini plush Bobby Dobbies, which are actually just uh, teams mascots that can attach to everything. Nice. So we were able to get the license through their Brutus Buckeye, uh, Ohio State football and Ohio State basketball. Basketball looks something like this. This is one we did for Miami Heat. Let me try to zero in in here. Nice. So this oh. is another a product we came up with and patented. And what these do is this attachment strap slides through a Velcro loop on the back. And oh, then, nice. yeah, 
Then the attachment strap slides through shoes, purses, backpacks, briefcases, um, hair, glasses, <laughs> all sorts of things. So the teams love them because they can sell them into retail and they can market the team after that product leaves the retail store. You know, so you walk out and you see the Miami Heat basketball somewhere. You can talk to Miami Heat fan. You know, it's you know immediately it's a Heat fan, right? Or we did this little puck. Yeah. I'm having trouble zeroing in. Right? <laughs> I'm going one way, it's going the other. I mean, all, it happens to me all the time. Right? I think I'm leaning one way. Wait, I'm leaning the other. <laughs> we also have our, our own too. <laughs> Where am I going with this? <laughs> this might be one of the big challenges now. <laughs> Handling a podcast with, with product. There you go. <laughs> no, it's, those are fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's a, a matter of coming up with new things. And then marketing those things and figuring it out. Ohio State's going to be great. I'm talking to a big retailer right now that loves the product. I've got an online retailer that's already bought in to the Dobbies, the Bobby Dobbies and the Bobby Toad sneakers for Ohio State. So we're good to go. Designs have been approved. Now they're off in China being manufactured first samples and then production. Wow. So this is going to be fun because anytime I can get to work in sports, and work with my daughter. There you go. That's win. that's great. Win win. Yes. So, so what's been the most effective for for building your 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 audience as far as clientele through your website? Boy, that would probably be a better question directed to my daughter. Um, you know, we pretty much try everything. We try Instagram. We try Facebook ads, Google ads. Now we're trying second party data. So when a customer would go on see a competitor site, if they don't purchase, our ads come in and they'll target them. You know, some of the stuff on the internet's kind of creepy. Right. Because <laughs> it's like, man, I, I'm doing this and people can be doing the same thing to me. But we try not to bother people with it at all. But I think word of mouth is probably the best, you know, service to customers. We have an 855 toll-free number that people can call us. And uh, it's actually Jackie at the other end of the line. I guess that's one of the, the 10 hats. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, just service, service, service. You know, we're, we're online shop, but we don't service you like it, you know. And not to mention names, but like I've told Jackie, because I shop with her once a year at Christmas. And when we go into stores, I'm like, this is a great lesson. I said, we go into this store. I said, four registers, four people behind there. One register open, three people talking. I said, would you come to the store again? Go into Nordstrom. I go, you pay more. I go, look at the level of service you're getting here. I go, it's, it's amazing. I said, you want to become the Nordstrom of whatever you do. I said, their model is fantastic. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Taking, finding a way to take care of people. Yeah, and they're really good at doing it. Absolutely. So you um, go into that store and you you, you know you try to emulate emulate what they're doing, and uh, you can learn a lot by just watching other people. <laughs> know how they treat you? Do you want to be treated like that or don't you? And you know how your customers feel. Absolutely, and and the challenge is how do you translate that to to the internet, right? To the online world, to to provide that same experience with a different kind of connection. 
yes. You know, if, if there's ever a complaint, which we don't get many, knock on wood, handle that complaint immediately. Don't hide from it. Handle it immediately and take care of somebody. You know, I think um, there's a lot to be said about that too. You know, and, and the same held true for our printing business. You know, if we screwed something up, boy, throw that to the front of the line, fix it, keep somebody happy, and we'll keep them forever. You know, there there could be opportunities in screwing something up, you know, just based on how you fix it. I like that. We will be right back after this short break. This episode is sponsored by the newly released book, Dream Life Planner, Move from Tired and Overwhelmed to Free and Empowered by Noelle L. Peterson, available on Amazon. Or you can order a personalized signed copy at empower, E-M-P-O-W-E-R, to dream.com. That's empower, number two, dream.com. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe, leave a review, tell your friends. Welcome back. Let's get back to more greatness. So so let's talk about how how, how important is character as, a, as an entrepreneur and small business owner? I think... As far as character, it's more important to me what my daughter thinks of me as my business partner. More importantly, what she thinks of me as her father than as a business partner. Let's put it that way. So I, I tried to lead by an example for her, and that falls back into the business then. Yeah, I like that. That, that, that says a lot. Well, so, it does because, you know, when, when you love your kids – you want to teach them. Oh, you, really you want to teach them. And I'm learning from her. You know, it, it is, in this internet world, I'm learning a lot from her. You know, so I mean, there's certain people that'll tell you, oh, the millennials, the millennials don't do this. And millennial. Every millennial I know works hard and is smart. So I'm like, I don't know what they're looking at. Yeah. Well, it's certainly not fair to categorize an entire group oh. based on, on, well, Mostly based on Facebook memes and and right. silliness, not on right. not on actual facts. Um, it, you know, the same can be said of immigrants. Most of the immigrants that I know are not vagrants that are here just living off Social Security. They're they're here working far harder than most people, working two or three jobs to support family here and in other places. And so, right, yeah. there's a couple generations, you know, behind us. You know, like our, our grandparents. Absolutely. And, and so, yeah, I, I love hard work and I love to see people work hard. Um, obviously my goal is to help them work smarter, not necessarily harder. Um, yeah. <laughs> and you know what? There's only so many hours. Well, there is. And as long as you're exchanging, you know, hours for money, then you're, you're in a, a losing game. <laughs> so you got to figure out a way to, to get past that. So you have to pick and choose and try to be smart where you want to spend your time and where, where that time's going to be the most valuable coming back. Absolutely. So you mentioned uh, contribution that it came to you in the dream to, mm -hmm. to, that, that this business was going to support a charity. How, in what other ways has contribution been valuable in your journey? Uh, it's opened my eyes up to a lot of different things, a lot, a lot of different people. So when I was in the print shop, I was in more of the production end. So I never really left the building. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got up at four, I was in the building at five and you leave when, when the work's finished. So, I mean, you pretty much lived in this little bubble where I didn't even have time to watch the news. You know, I'd get home, you eat dinner, 
you go to bed and you do the same thing the next day. And you kind of live in your own little bubble. So that bubble just got a little bit bigger now in this business. So through this, we have like uh, at the mission of Our Lady of Angels, we do like a, a Christmas event. And we've had dance parties there where we bring in our light-ups, we dim the lights, we bring in music, we bring in lunch. Everyone gets sneakers and we dance. Well, I don't, but <laughs> everyone else does. I'll, I'll be I'll be the guy just watching. You I don't can, run, you can run the DJ booth. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to embarrass myself too much. Um, we've also given to uh, when there was a hurricane in Puerto Rico, I think we sent like 800 pairs there. We sent a few thousand pair to Ghana for orphanages. Um, Jackie works in, she's done events in Children's Hospital, um, Miami Children's. I think it's called Nicholas Children's in Miami, Lori's Children's in Chicago, where she'll go in with her friends. We bring in our paintable sneakers and she spends the day in oncology mm -hmm. polishing up sneakers with all the kids and their siblings. Um, I can't actually go to those. I just, I uh, really struggle seeing young children that are sick. And uh, Jackie, Jackie's got the personality. I mean, she was invited to a six-year-old's birthday party coming out of there. Six-year-old gave, gave her a wine glass from her mother. Here, my mom wanted me to give this to you. I'm like, <laughs> the perfect girl, you know? But he just finds it very rewarding. And it's... Uh, it's a big part of our our goal is to help other people through this. So, you know, I'm thinking God's not going to give me the dream to break me. He's going to give me the dream to help others. So that's we're, so, we're so gonna make good. It work. You know, he's going to want me to work for this. <laughs> and I, I can't lie. It hasn't been easy. But that dream's put in me for a reason. I'm not going to let anybody down. Absolutely. That's fantastic. So, so I guess that what inspires you, obviously the dream inspires you, but what inspires you beyond the dream? Money. M money's a big um, inspiration because with money, you can help others. You can help your family. You can secure your future. You can do a lot of things. It's a lot easier having money than not. <laughs> yes, it is. So, and then there's the self-worth, you know, so if I would have retired, say 10 years ago, instead of doing this, there's a self-worth that comes with work. And I'm, I'm finding that now. And as long as I still have a lot of energy and desire, I can see doing this. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun. That's fantastic. So I would twist it up a little bit. In the print shop, you obviously didn't have a lot of free time because you were working pretty hard. But what do you love to do in your free time? All right. Now, in the print shop, the first five years were brutal. The next 20 were hardworking. The last 10 weren't as bad. You know, I mean, you get to the point where you can finally hire really good people. So whenever I needed a break there, I'd walk outside fire up the garden hose and fire up a cigar and start <laughs> watering flowers in the front. But yeah, the, the last few years weren't too bad. Um, but I don't know. I just try to take it all in stride. You know, like what, what does the day give me? And then I'll work with, within that day. And, you know, even from uh, 
the print shop's point of view. You know, I mean, let's do the best I can do for that hour. Do the best I can do for that day. And the chips are going to fall where they're going to fall. And I'd say most of the things I've encountered in life haven't really been physical. They've been mental. So in my free time now, the mental part is trying to improve the golf game. I don't care how much you golf. I, I swear, I think I was better at like 10 years old. So, But I love to golf and fish. Nice. Yeah, they're fun. You know, I mean, I'm pretty amped up person and it's amazing. I can fish for like hours and hours and I'm like not bored and I can't figure out how this can even be, you know, but it's just got a way of taking me down to a different level. Yeah. It's a, it's the one place I've heard that uh, um, Edison went fishing and fishing. He didn't put bait on his hook. Because that way, you know, people leave you alone while you're fishing. And then if there's no bait on the hook, the fish leave you alone. And so you'd have an hour of fishing time where everybody left him alone. <laughs> I love it. I might have to try it. Sometimes I'm fishing and it doesn't feel like there is bait on the hook. <laughs> or fish in the water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, took my son elk hunting a few years back. And uh, pretty sure we all we saw was were footprints for for days on end. And I'm said, you know, we had conversations about whether the elk had been raptured. So, <laughs> so I get it. On. Absolutely. So <clears throat> tell me about mentors. What have, what have mentors meant? Obviously you made a huge transition from a completely different industry into, into a completely unknown. Um, and, and so how have mentors been helpful to you in that transition? I would say more than um, from mentors, they weren't industry specific people. They would just be business people in general that I would would have to bounce questions off of, um, such as, you know, to do with a website or to do with marketing, but no one like really shoe specific. The uh, original sourcing agent now we source direct, but our original sourcing agent, she was a wealth of information. She, she's like, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> she goes, I, I have my own shoe company and I know what it's like. Are you sure you want to do this? So she was, she was a wealth of information. And now it's, it's, it's more like battling your own mental demons. Hmm. You know? So a lot of it is, is, is just the mental side now of, making sure you stay positive. Yes, I can succeed. Try not to let the negative talk overcome the positive talk, which is easy to do on a, on a tougher day. You sure. know, you're like, oh man, this, how did, how did this just happen? I should have seen this, you know, well, yeah, maybe you could have seen it, but that's in retrospect, you know, at the time you make the best decision you can and you move on from there. Absolutely. So what's, what's been the most helpful in you in, in keeping your mental game? Um, I'd have to say having a business partner that totally aligns with me and having a wife that is 110% supportive. I mean that without her, this wouldn't be possible. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'll, I tell her, I'll, I just want to work. You just have to keep me alive, <laughs> you know? So please just, just keep me alive so I can keep working. But she's got such a great attitude. 
uh, in life in general, that just being around her on a daily basis keeps me happy. So that that's my big secret. There you go. Find like a spouse it. that supports you. That's that's fantastic. Um, so on that note, what was your most memorable date? First date with my wife when she made me a pot roast that tasted like leather and was probably as tough as a shoe. <laughs> and, you know, it's your first date, so you're trying to tell her, boy, this tastes really good. And if you're trying to chew through that, you know, leather shoe. I'm like, man, I, I could actually choke on this, but I really don't, I really can't chew on it. So I'm just going to have to start swallowing pieces whole. <laughs> oh, wait, when we, when we were talking dates, we didn't mean date dates, right? Not like a specific. Nope. You know, exactly. Yep. Or something. All right. So, so obviously the pot roast is not your most, your favorite dinner. So what, no, what's your, what's your chef? She's she's just an awesome cook now. I never saw this coming. No. Yeah, so what's I your favorite? I on these pounds without her. What's your, so what's your favorite dinner? She makes great spaghetti sauce, but she makes great everything. It's like every night she's cooking these great meals for me, and it's it's like impossible to lose weight. I mean, I can only take the dog on so many walks, but it's impossible. Maybe if I stuck to one helping. Oh, maybe. <laughs> but I, I'd have to say the, the spaghetti. Anything with their spaghetti sauce is great. That's fantastic. So so let's talk a little bit about, about gratitude. You mentioned, um, you know, positive mindset. One of the ways that I've found to help, you know, most people transition is just, you know, gratefulness. Mm -hmm. How has that been beneficial for you? All right. So. Like I said, we're in the print shop. I was more or less in a bubble. Here I get to get outside and see other people. So when we go and volunteer in, in different capacities, uh, you might think you're having a tough day until you see somebody else's life. And, you know, like I tell my kids, it's like everybody's got something going on. There could be the person with the smile. And you never know what's going on in their life. You know, it could be a problem with their mom, their dad, their kid. Um, these neighborhoods we go into, it's more or less a problem with a lot of things. You know, um, crime, money. There's um, there's a lot of people in need. And you don't get to see it when you're consumed inside. But once you leave outside, uh it, it's it touches you and you know you want to you want to sit there and help you know you you sit there and you think well can i can i teach somebody how to do something you know because money only goes so far you know and i think what you need to do is actually try to teach someone so that's that's one thing i want to start up I'll, I'll start mentoring somebody from those neighborhoods and try to put them in business wow, that's fantastic um so so have you thought that out some more how what what, what does that look like um, I came close to putting this one young lady in business because on a Zoom, she uh, she reached out to me by email and said, I don't have the money, but I have the energy to do this business. Would you support me? And I told her yes, but it ends up she doesn't have the time to do it. Oh, so, you know, there'll be another opportunity, I'm sure. But I think, you know, we've learned so much here. And I think 
through all these years of being in business, you do have a lot of connections, which a lot of people don't have. You know, like I've I've had discussions with people and like, but the difference is you had a father that worked and showed you what to do. She and this person's like, I didn't have that father. So I'm like, I I could be that father. You just have to do the work. You know, I mean, my dad was actually pretty tough on us growing up and, and I really didn't appreciate it until we got into business. And I saw that, man, if we didn't have that work ethic he put into us as kids when we were crying about it, you know, and other people are out there playing baseball, we're scraping the gutters on the, the same garage every year. And I don't even think it needs it. You know? <laughs> but I, I think it was just to keep us out of trouble, you know? Year round, he he had different projects for us. That discipline discipline never feels good in the moment, right? But the value but of, in life, of it. Yeah, later on in life, Robbie, you're looking around, and you're like, you know, I'm used to doing this. This isn't bad. <laughs> this is just work. Absolutely. So maybe share a little bit about the challenge of, of raising a family and running running your own business. All right. So being that I got to work early and being that it was our business, I was able to leave to go to sporting events. So, you know, you might have to come back, but I was able to leave and go to sporting events when they were older. When they were younger, I would bring them into our print shop on Saturdays and Sundays. It's it's like our day of rest was uh, Sunday at church and then going out for breakfast because then we were going back to the print shop. So I'd bring um, my wife and the kids into the shop and uh, the son, he, you know, I had this thing with him and I'm telling him, I'm just not going to like buy you these CDs. If you want a CD, you can mop a floor, you can clean over here. So I've got this little kid in there with the mop, mopping the floor, you know, and teaching him how to do this. And then the kids, you know, they'd get in trouble in the shop. You know, I'd bring the dog too. The dog would be running through. We had a 40,000 square foot building. The dog would, we wouldn't even know where it was. You know, the dog would just be like chasing around the shop after the kids as they're on like little fork trucks zipping around. And I'm like, I don't know if this is good. Roller blades. <laughs> but it brought us together as a family. And the kids saw what work was all about and what work can provide. So that that was a challenge. But then at home, I, I was going to say I didn't have the time. Hell, I didn't have the knowledge to teach the kids their homework. <laughs> so. Again, relying on the wife, you know, she would spend a lot of time working with the kids on homework. And the fact that I was blessed to marry someone like that, um, I would say the kids and I are lucky <laughs> because she definitely kept the family together. I, you know, all I did was stay at work and work. She took care of everything at home so I could just concentrate on business. So nice. it was made, it was made for us. You know, I mean, it was like something out of the 60s you'd see on, like, leave it to Beaver. You know, <laughs> it, it worked for us. Nice. All right. So what's uh, what's Bob's big dream? Well, other than this one, I would say getting into a lot of sports teams because that, that, seems, that seems to be the fun route. So if we can get into more sports teams, um, Ohio State's a dream. Not really quite sure how we got it. You know, I'm thinking God had some intervention on this one because it's our first team and I saw the designs. These things look awesome. 
Jackie designed such great stuff for them. I'm like just so excited to get these things in stores and and online and start selling. Um, the big dream would be for that, and then that will provide for the other dream because I'd really like to make a an impact at the mission, like a noticeable impact. Because if they're in a dream, I've got to make sure I take care of that dream. That's that's. That's why this is all happening. That's why I'm working and to take care of my daughter, um, to reward her loyalty, which, which is huge in a business partner. You know, I've, I've heard certain friends complain about their business partners. I'm like, I'm glad I don't have that problem. You know, I mean, there's no trust issues. There's, there's just love and respect and, uh, to reward her for all the hard work she put in and she's putting in and uh, loyalty. Loyalty is huge. Nice. That's, that's fantastic. So if you were sitting across from a young entrepreneurs or, you know, in those, he's in that five year, he's in that five year hustle. <laughs> what advice, what, what would Bob's words of wisdom be? Um, Live as inexpensively as you can, because that's going to be a big key. Dedicate your energy to the things that are going to make the biggest improvement to your business the fastest and persevere. Because a lot of it is just time, making smart moves, and then find yourself mentors that have done it before. Find someone that's done the business before, because if someone's been doing this 30, 40 years, they've made a lot of mistakes. And if they can share those mistakes that they made so you don't have to make them, you just shave time off that five-year horizon. And it doesn't have to be five years. You know, in this internet day and age, these young kids are smart with the internet. And that, I think that opens up a lot more opportunity. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Bob, thank you so much. That's such great wisdom and what a great story. And and I wish you and your daughter the greatest success and the greatest contribution to to your charity that that that's ever been made. We can't wait. We can't wait. Robert, thank you so much for having me on and let me share my story with you and your uh, your listeners. Absolutely. Appreciate it was a pleasure. It. And I'm sure they, they all appreciate it as well. Oh, it's my pleasure. All right, so thank we'll, you, sir. we'll include your website, but go ahead and just say your website just so folks can can go take a look at these paintable toenail shoes. Oh, we've got paint here. <laughs> paintable toenails. Look at that. <laughs> right? Oh, whoa. we also here. We also have light ups. There we go. Gender neutral. Right? Jackie's designs. I can't, can't even get them on there. Yeah, so we've got all that www.bobbytoads.com b-o-b-b-i-t-o-a-d-s.com all right thank you bob thank you robert have a great day sir if you enjoyed the show please like subscribe or leave a review we have a free gift for you at addvaluemindset.com that's add value mindset.com We've collected some of the best mindset secrets shared by successful entrepreneurs on our podcast, and we want to give them to you for free. ADDValueMindset.com In our next episode, 
Andy McDowell and Robert have an interesting conversation about air traffic control and the ideas that serve business in redesign and challenging existing structures. Andy shares how he helps leaders and entrepreneurs discover their value and learn how to apply it to their work.